It's All Journalism has always been a labor of love for its producers. We do the interviews, edit the audio, and present weekly podcasts to you free of charge. While we did launch a Patreon page a few years back to great fanfare and little success, we haven't really asked our listeners for financial support. That may change at some point, but for now, we'd like you to continue enjoying our content for free. While we're not asking for your dollars, we would like to ask you to do a few simple things to help our podcast grow. First, subscribe to It's All Journalism on your favorite audio platform. Then, go to itsalljournalism.com and sign up for our weekly email newsletter. Like and share our episodes on social media. Rate and like our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to It's All Journalism. Tell a friend or colleague about It's All Journalism. You can also take one of our anonymous online surveys. These simple actions from our loyal audience can have a huge impact on our podcast's success. You can find out more about our podcast at itsalljournalism.com. So we're taking that approach to being able to connect journalists with you know, members within our, our own community who are able to help inform their story so that we can see that shift in the narrative. Getting more diverse voices and points of view in the stories we write is not going to happen automatically. It's going to take effort and commitment to make those changes happen with the end result of making our journalism better. I'm Michael O'Connell. This is It's All Journalism. Jamira Alexander is the president of Public Narrative in Chicago, which does training and conducts workshops with journalists and nonprofits to try to help both tell better stories. Public Narrative also tries to make sure more voices are being represented in news stories and is helping journalists to cover issues in a more inclusive way. Welcome to the podcast, Jamira. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So first of all, tell me a little bit about your background. How did you end up at Public Narrative? Sure. So I studied broadcasting in college and um, I went to Bradley University and went and worked at a news station, grew to understand how the news was put together, learned how to direct the news and decided that I, that's not what I wanted to do because every story that you know came across our news desk was negative. And um, my college advisor advised me to go and do whatever it is that I wanted to do. So long story short, I moved to the East Coast and worked for Job Corps for eight years. And there I learned how to help young people change the trajectory of their lives. So really helping them to navigate their stories and then you know create new narratives. And then when I got back to Chicago, I'd been operating my own social media consultancy and started a social media education program for young people and met a woman who is now on our board of directors, but met a woman who connected me with my predecessor, Susie Schultz. And she, you know, loved what I was doing and thought that Susie and I would be a good fit. And so she connected the two of us. Susie and I sat down for coffee. And before I left the office, I was leaving with a job. I didn't go necessarily looking for public narrative, but it it was inevitable that we found each other. And I want to say after three trainings or so that Susie and I had done, we, you know, get ready to sit down. And I'm thinking we're going to talk more about, you know, how the training went and what we need to do next. And she's like, how would you like to run this place? And my mouth dropped. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So uh, that's been a year ago since I started as the president. And Susie has since gone on to the Museum of Broadcast Communications here in Chicago. She's the executive director there. So there's still some synergy you know, between the work that we do. But just to solely be the leader at the organization has been just a, a roller coaster ride, if, if I could just describe it. It's been one that I do truly believe that I've been prepared to lead. 
and really like navigate public narrative, you know, beyond its 30 years of existence into what we see now, which is like a reformation of, you know, society and culture. And is, is especially with journalism at the helm of it all. So I'm, I'm really excited about, you know, being a part of public narrative story and, and public narrative being very much so a part of mine. So how would you describe public narrative's mission? We work with journalists, so we use journalism, I should say, to balance the public narratives around public safety, public health, and public education. And that's something that I've been bouncing around for the last six to nine months or so, just in identifying. Initially, um, when I came on board, our focus was to eradicate racism, sexism, and xenophobia. But in looking at our partnerships and you know a lot of our alignment and synergy, it spread beyond those three core issues more so over into, you know, different structural systems related to safety, health, and education. And so that's where our shift lies in using journalism to balance the public narratives of public safety, public education, and public health. And how are you doing that? How are you helping the journalists to do that? We are taking an approach and looking at the headlines. You know, here in Chicago, there's tons of meetings that happen to talk more about how, you know, crime has decreased and the numbers have shifted in different health situations or they are related to trauma or, you know, educational statistics, you know, being released. And ultimately, we don't always see that spill over into the headlines. And so what we're doing with a lot of our partnerships is focusing on how can we use the resources that we have at the table the stakeholders, any resources they bring to the table. What is our goal? What are our outcomes? And how can we track that through and by the headlines that are published? So we're taking that approach to being able to connect journalists with you know members within our, our own community who are able to help inform their story so that we can see that shift in the narrative. You know, it's interesting that you, you, you say that you go, you're looking at headlines. What is it you're looking for in headlines? that you want to change the narrative of? So ultimately, like if an agency like Chicago Police Department or Chicago Public Schools makes mention of how like in CPD's case, making mention of how crime has decreased between 2017 and 2018, then we should definitely see that in the headlines. And if we're not seeing that in the headlines, then where is the disconnect? And so the exact same when it comes to like testing scores and you know, different statistics that the Chicago public school will distribute. How are we seeing that translate into the headlines? And oftentimes we may see a lot of organizations share about the good things that are happening in, in their schools and communities, but we may not always see that translate across all platforms. So here we work pretty actively with the uh, community and ethnic media outlets. And those outlets, of course, are a little closer, you know, in working with communities. But as our traditional and our legacy papers who don't always have, I don't know, it's like, I don't want to sound overly critical, but it's almost like there is a total disconnect between what is communicated in meetings as to how it's translated in media. and. To be able to bridge that gap, I think will give Chicagoans a little more hope, you know, in learning more about how journalism is developed, you know, what the future of journalism in Chicago looks like, how they can become a part of it, how they can be news and media literate. And we want to encourage that. And we want to use, it's like anything, if you're working hard at something and you don't see the needle moving or you don't see anything changing, it's going to kind of discourage you. But when you see that you're making some kind of progress, you'll be a little more inclined to be a part of it. 
And so we we definitely want to be able to instill that type of hope in what Chicago's media ecosystem could look like and what the people's part in their role is in being a part of that. One of the criticisms I know that people sometimes have about journalists and about newspapers, for example, you know, when we talk about headlines and we talk about story choice, is this idea that they really they only cover the negative aspect of the story. And, I, you know, I'm suspecting that what you're not, you're, you're not necessarily saying we need to have quote unquote happy news, but we need to, you know, have a narrative out there that isn't just looking at stuff from one angle. Is that fair to say? That's absolutely fair to say. But the thing about it is, so not pushing like for all happy news, because we know that all happy news is not necessarily newsworthy, but to help the people understand even what makes a story newsworthy. So I think that a lot of the criticism that journalists receive for only publishing a certain type of news really comes from an uninformed society. When I came on board, I really felt the burden of having to educate people, you know, what what it means to have a newsworthy story. We're not necessarily taught that, you know, we just, we pay close attention to the messages that surround us, but we don't exactly know why those messages are the way that they are. Just in having that burden, I feel like that's always been a part of Public Narrative's mission. And just, you know, the relationships that we've established over the years and the relationships that are forming are allowing us to dive deeper into what it looks like to really inform society. And I guess also story choice is a big part of this as well. I mean, there may be actually a negative part of a particular story, but that may not be the entire story choosing to cover a story and what part of it you're going to cover. It's part of the decision process. And sometimes if you sort of fall into these traps or these, these sort of, this is the way before we've always covered it. You know, this is what I think the narrative is when you're not maybe looking at what the bigger picture is. So now why is it important for newsrooms and, and for journalists to represent more voices in their coverage? The audience is shifting, culture is shifting, technology is shifting, the availability, you know, of the accessibility, I should say, of stories is increasing. And I think that story choice is so important to make sure that like all voices are heard in this greater conundrum of stories. Like I think it's real easy to be one-sided and really push for your perspective without taking into consideration the value add there is to, you know, engaging audiences that may not always look like you or agree with you. And I think that we are in a very critical time that forces us to lay our differences aside, really find ways to collaborate, you know, wherever possible. One of the things I love about where Chicago is right now is that everyone is really has taken and I I don't want to look at like the times that we spent working in our own respective silos as though that was just like, you know, we were kind of shut off to one another, if you will. But I'd rather look at it as though, you know, everyone was kind of gathering the audience that they would cultivate and being able to then reconnect and, and rejoin certain groups and circles and even connect with new groups and circles then allows us to hear from stories that ordinarily we may not have had access to, we may not have heard from, But I I think in all of it, it requires a great measure of vulnerability because to really tap into the meat of someone's story, be it as the reporter or even as the one being interviewed, 
I think that, or even the one sharing, I think that it requires a measure of vulnerability to trust that this information is not going to be manipulated or recorded in any sort of way, but represented in the same spirit in which it was delivered. So how can newsrooms sort of change the way they represent diverse voices? I think newsrooms can first start to look to see what's missing. I know that they may not always be able to identify that because they're so inundated with the work of it all. But I think in just listening to their audiences to understand what their audience is is most interested in, you know, remaining true to that. Because I think that that is what makes a newsroom effective if and when their stories can reach and really begin to help transform the lives of, of people. But I think that that comes with a great measure of assessing and being honest with oneself about what went right, what went wrong, where do we need to go from here? And I think if we begin to see more of the where do we need to go from here, I think we'll see that many voices that we may not have heard from over the years will then begin to really find their way to the surface. For the journalists who are listening to this podcast, what advice would you give them in how to become a more inclusive reporter? Hmm. When I train community organizations, one of the things that I really hone in for them is the journalistic integrity that a journalist would come with. And I think that in all of it, integrity is just big across the board, regardless of what industry you're in. But I think journalistic integrity is so important in an age where everyone is screaming about fake news, fake news. It makes it very hard to educate people on what to trust and what to disregard, what to consider information and misinformation. And I think that the role that journalists have in maintaining their journalistic integrity for the sake of influencing our culture, I think it's a a really big one. And I would just encourage journalists to maintain that continue to maintain that. But even more so, be mindful. You you may work for a particular outlet and that outlet may have its own reputation, but being very cognizant of the brand that is yourself as a journalist. We house the Studs Terkel Awards and every year we, we host the award ceremony honoring journalists here in Chicago. And we introduced a new award this year that we awarded to Nicole Hannah-Jones for the 1619 Project. And there was a little bit of conversation around, you know, including a journalist beyond Chicago, because that is not what we traditionally do. But it was really, like, important for me to capture the impact of what had been done in introducing people to a history that we've never been taught before. And the beauty of in which, you know, it was done and and the impact that it's had on Americans, you know, at large. So I would just say being mindful of the brand that is your journalism, like your pieces, they matter, they go far, they educate people, they influence people, they uproot misinformation, they, you know, help cultivate new ideas and concepts and all sorts of things. I read a quote that said that history starts with journalism. All sorts of things evolve from the pieces that journalists create. So, you know, with that being said, I just I think that it's so important that you're just conscious of how you're showing up as a journalist and the influence that it's making on a culture that is not always news and media literate. So now I understand recently 
the public narrative did a community storytelling lab in Chicago. What were the results of that? So we did a lab over at the University of Chicago's Community Accelerator. We actually, it's a three-part series. We just finished the second part this past Saturday, November 9th. The storytelling lab, though, is just a, a way in which helping people to see like whatever the existing narrative is for your organization or your community, like what do you want it to look like and how do you go about, you know, the necessary steps to make sure that it does look like what you want it to look like. And we're developing that, that approach to be able to do that in more Chicagoland communities. And I'm really excited about what that means for, again, going back to shifting headlines. So it can't just be the responsibility of Chicago police to decrease crime. That's very much so a responsibility of Chicagoans. I can't just be a responsibility of the Chicago public schools to educate and, you know, equip children. That has to be a responsibility of Chicagoans. And so much of that within the storytelling lab, we talk a lot about like accountability and whose responsibility this is. How do we hold the necessary folks accountable for their role and whatever you know, our goal is for shaping and shifting a community or an organization. And ultimately, it's through the stories that we're able to influence change. And so within the labs, participants are encouraged to dig deep and think, you know, long and hard about stories that, you know, they come up, there may be success stories. You, of course, you have your problem, you have the solution and then what the ultimate outcome was and how do we capture that and really engage whatever stakeholder they may have. Maybe it's a funder, maybe it's a future participant, whomever it may be. But how do we engage the right folks around that story so that we can see more of it and ultimately create momentum for whatever the desired outcome is? Who are the people who are taking these storytelling labs? For the most part, they are community organizations. We have a variety of different classes and labs that we bring journalists in for. And we're in the process of uh, hosting a, probably by the time this airs, we will have hosted it, a Be Your Own Publicist class. And that'll be hosted by Emmy Award winning journalist, Samantha Thomas. I'm really excited about, you know, being able to connect these organizations because some of these are emerging groups. Other groups like uh, the Chicago Foundation for Women, they will bring us in for training for their grantees. Anyone from the Dunham Fund, Forefront, these are uh, larger nonprofit organizations or grant foundations who, you know, find our work necessary and then bring us in to provide training to their folks. We're preparing for a training with the Illinois Stewardship Alliance, which I'm really excited about. And it's basically about the whole idea of storytelling around healthy uh, soil or soil health. That is going to be an opportunity where the farmers will have a chance to really tell their stories and connect with journalists who may be interested in writing pieces about the environment and agriculture. So the labs vary, the classes vary, and within them we build into like, you know, whatever the accomplishment or whatever the participants are seeking to accomplish within the classes. And that's kind of interesting because, um, you know, I've talked to people about this in the past where members of the public people who represent certain organizations, they don't always, don't always understand how newsrooms work, how journalists work. And, you know, part of the, part of the challenge for them is learning how to tell their story. 
and understanding how to put that story together so that you know the journalist will see that yeah there's something here that I that's worth telling so you're doing a couple of things you're connecting the the organization with the journalist but you're also sort of saying to the organization you know figure out what your narrative is figure out what what story you want to tell for the results you want to tell but then at the same time understand that just because you necessarily have a good story maybe it's not necessarily something that's going to be that's going to attract the attention of a journalist how can you couch it in a way that makes the journalist understand that this is something that's worth telling absolutely and I just I want journalists to know that we even in in those classes, you know, we're emphasizing how precious a reporter's time is and that you don't want to be the person to waste their time. You don't want to be, you know, known as someone who's not credible. So we're we're definitely emphasizing those things, but we're also really just helping people connect with what's already in them you know, and develop the confidence to then share their story as the subject matter expert, you know, when it comes to that, whatever that is. And I really appreciate, you know, the journalists who connect with us and, you know, they meet with a lot of our participants, but in no way do we claim to be a PR agency because that's not what we do. We're simply capacity builders around, you know, this group of people. And I know that in many instances, that's exactly what PR firms do, but we're, we're not claiming that. We're not claiming that title by any means. We simply want to go in and help people create capacity to sustain their organizations. Right. And assuming organizations that have something good and positive to contribute to the community. And, you know, the other side of this is, is that, you know, a lot of the onus is on the, on the journalist to make the effort to go out in the community to try to tell different types of stories and, and find new and different sources um, so that they have a greater understanding of what the larger stories are rather than just, you know, going to the usual suspects when it comes to sourcing particular stories, because that only gives you sort of one perspective. And then also the onus is on us to make our process more transparent so people kind of understand I think you mentioned it before this whole the whole the accusations of fake news and you know people trying to figure out who to trust. I mean, a lot of that is the transparency that journalists put into their work and into their process so that people see that we're not out there to you know foist one particular point of view that we are actively trying to tell meaningful stories and sometimes sometimes we may not have heard something. I can't tell you how many times I've uh, you know, I've suddenly discovered a story because it's just something I never heard about or or it's a perspective that it never occurred to me. But by talking to a new source, how suddenly my, my perspective has changed and I want to tell a different type of story. I don't want to make it sound like it was boring before, but it's really starting to get, you know, to really connect with groups who are doing beautiful things around the city. And then looking at you know, how we as a city are influencing and making changes to the things that we don't like, the things that we don't appreciate, and, you know, remaining true to evaluating those processes and eliminating the things that don't work. So it's definitely, you know, a, a process of perfecting that is turning out to be quite beautiful and ultimately, you know, something that has really drawn the attention of organizations nationwide. So I'm, I'm really excited about just the position that public narrative has to help influence some of this work, help support. And of course, like I said, build capacity in other organizations for more work. 
Jamira, uh, how can people find out more about Public Narrative? Absolutely. So you can go to our website, www.publicnarrative.org. And we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Public Narrative. Thanks for coming on the podcast and sharing uh, Public Narrative's mission. It sounds like it's something that has a potential to make a huge positive change in Chicago, but other places who might find out about it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the people who make the news. You can find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. While you're visiting our website, why not sign up for the It's All Journalism newsletter? You get all the latest info about our podcast, including episode notes and news about live events and upcoming interviews. Go to itsalljournalism.com to subscribe. It takes a lot of people to create an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicola Grisco produced this episode. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Dupre wrote our theme music. Amelia Brust helped with our booking. Nicholas Hunter provided a web assist. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. It's All Journalism is produced in partnership with the Association of Alternative News Media. Thanks for listening.